Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. This episode of the Illini Choir Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path isn't always clear. This can be with some major life changes, guys, whether it's going away to college, hitting the real world on your own. I know that's difficult. Relationships with significant others or struggling as a parent. You always need someone to talk to. And whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate this life thing. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, if you've kind of been wavering about it, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you don't mesh with that therapist, you can find another one for no additional charge with BetterHelp. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illini. to the online choir podcast it's jeremy warner joey wagner we are live in lawrence kansas where we saw the jayhawks just run away from illinois from the start uh, illinois makes a little bit of a fake rally uh, get into the game late but uh, aren't able to really push kansas to the limit 34 23 loss and we got a lot to talk about here joey wagner because illinois defense struggles yet again 400 plus yards in back-to-back games we saw some concerns against Toledo uh, last week, giving up 400 yards and 28 points. And then like knife through butter, Kansas goes through Illinois. Jalen Daniels might be the most dynamic quarterback they see all year, maybe the best quarterback they play all year. You knew Kansas was going to score, but that was too easy. 500-plus yards Illinois gives up. Kansas scores on six of the first eight drives. It was just really, really ugly. And now Illinois has to reassess a lot of things. I think it's going to be a busy week for Brett Bielma. Aaron Henry, first-time defense coordinator and that defensive staff. Yeah, we'll get into what we think are probably some things that they're going to look to address. But we haven't seen – like the score was a lot closer than the game was, right? And I, like, I know that maybe doesn't make sense, but this game was a blowout at half. I and mean, we haven't seen Illinois get run over like that 
since they hosted Wisconsin in 2021 and since Virginia in 2021. And that is probably in terms of the feeling or the, if Samir, no, you asked Brett Bielema about it. We'll get into that. But that's like probably the closest parallel because there's just no answers. Wisconsin ran all over you. Virginia that year, Virginia threw all over you. And then tonight, Kansas. And I think the most telling group of drives was Illinois finally figures it out offensively in that first half. You get within 14 and you think, okay, let's see. I mean, there's 40 seconds left. And I looked to you, I said, I should jump in a field goal here, right? And that play on third down, Jalen Daniels made that bomb. It just felt like it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter tonight. That's that's how this is going to go. And it's it's been a while, man. We have not seen this out of an Illinois football team in, in a year, I mean, more than a year since almost exactly two years ago at this time. And kudos to Brett Bielma, I will say this after the game, addressed it and addressed the elephant in the room, which is a, a really sluggish start defensively. Here's Brett Bielma in his opening statement in the press conference. We're going to have to take a really close look at, obviously, when you play an early season opponent, they have the entire year to look at your film. So I think in the first two games, it's very evident, right, that some of the things that we need to do, uh, especially on the defense side of the ball, just look at closely what we're doing, how we're doing it, uh, and, and be able to make plays. I think... Uh, you take the second half, and obviously we made some adjustments, did some good things, but there was enough things that we did poorly in the first half that I think really put this game in a tough spot. But if you look at the end of the half, you know we give up a seven-point swing there with, with under 40 seconds. If that touchdown isn't on the board at the end of the game, it's a four-point game. As bad as we played, as bad as the breaks, like there were several uh, – again, their guys made some plays defensively, balls batted around, and that ball just fell in their hands on two different occasions. Um, you can't beat a good team overcoming those moments. So um, I'm not, not positive. I thought a couple of guys defensively uh, really took a challenge and played extremely well. It's good to see Xavier make that play in the end zone shot. Good to see Johnny make some plays. Uh, I think we got to look at you know specifically what we're doing uh, on on the end of half. That's two games in a row we've given up a touchdown in the final uh, final minute, and obviously you're not going to win a lot of games doing that. The good news is uh, we don't start Big Ten play till next week and. Uh, some really good learning lessons out here for us. we got a, an extra bonus day tomorrow as coaches. We'll take a really close look at that. Bring them in on Sunday. We have a good day of corrections and a good jump on Penn State, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, Joey, I think this is going to be a really important week for Brett Bielma and Aaron Henry uh, because they have to figure out what is wrong with this defense where we knew it wasn't going to be last year, but it shouldn't be like this. There's too much talent, especially up front, but I actually thought the defensive front played a lot better tonight. You saw Johnny Newton look like Johnny Newton. I thought the outside linebackers played a little bit better. They got to make plays in space, though, and, and teams are just getting them horizontal. Uh, obviously, there's some dynamic playmakers against Kansas, but the angle some of these guys are, tack are taking, Brett Bielma said the, the tackling and the fundamentals is what is alarming him most. I asked him what's con most concerning, and he said a lot about that. And then the penalties, they still – had some boneheaded penalties. Taz Nicholson with one of them today. Um, those are the things that are really hurting them. But the scheme isn't working right now, and I, I, I don't have a lot. i got to go back and watch and see what the film was. But they watched the Toledo film. Kansas watched the Toledo film, and the linebackers for Illinois are really struggling. Kansas really attacked them in the passing game. So we saw two years ago Illinois get embarrassed defensively on the road at Virginia, and – Ryan Walters and, and Brett Bioma made some changes. Brett Bioma didn't want to make parallels with that today when I asked him about it, but I think this has to be the same kind of moment of what are we doing defensively and how do we self-scout and address it? Yeah, I think they're two different moments in time, but I think the response to both of those moments are, are probably going to be similar. 
glad you mentioned the linebacker. Uh, Kansas, they put the Illinois linebackers in conflict. There was one drive in particular. They should get it out on some of those swing passes, those short passes to the backs. And then Illinois, uh, PFF, might, I mean, missed tackles all, right? I mean, it, it was a ton, a ton, a ton of missed tackles. Jalen Daniels made people miss in ways that was pretty tough to watch at times. If you're an Illinois fan, seeing the way that he, he made – some of those defensive players missed, but I think the running, I mean, the rushing defense, it wasn't last week. It was like, okay, Daquan Finn is a dual threat. Jalen Daniels had 24 yards. I, I know sacks, I think playing that, but Devin Neal, 120. Daniel uh, Hishaw, 98. You can't, that's not what this Illinois defense does. It gives up those leaky, you know, rush defense. Like, that's just not uh, a combination for success. Brett Bielema mentioned, the quarterbacks, right-handed quarterbacks being able to escape to the left is like a fundamental breakdown. So it's just things that you thought you didn't have to think about with, with the team coached by this coaching staff. And, and there's a lot of fundamental flaws. I don't know. that They're going to have to address the linebacker thing. Because I think that's – you. I wonder if there's a James Cruz sighting coming because Brett Bielema has screamed from mountaintops uh, how much he likes that kid. I wonder if you're going to see him more. No, they really started – they look slow. They looked really slow uh, at the linebacker tonight. Um, one, one thing I want to bring up, like, guys, Ryan Walters was really good. He was really good at his job. You know who else was good at their job? Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown. They let you play that way. Quan Martin, those guys are really good. I think there's some bright spots in the secondary, but you're seeing in man coverage these guys can't cover like they did last year. Plus, when you get a Jalen Daniels scrambling around like he does or Daquan Finn, you got to cover for six seconds. That's really hard to do. That play Jalen Daniels made – at the end of the first half was just a phenomenal play. But still, Illinois, 9 of 13 on third down. They can't get off the field on third down. It's around 60% opponents are converting against them so far this season. they got to figure it out. So, Aaron Henry, this is a huge early test. And listen, we like Aaron Henry. We like talking to him. But this is part of being a D.C. is now the pressure's on you. Now, now this is the big job. There's a lot of pressure. I know all the Illini fans saying what they're saying. How do they adjust to this? Because Ryan Walters was in a similar place two years ago. We forget that was not a great start to the Brett Bielema and Ryan Walters defense. They made some adjustments, changed some personnel around, and figured out a way to, to put their guys in the best positions to succeed. We'll see if they can repeat that. Yeah, we have to say, and this isn't to let Illinois off the hook, because there are a lot of things that need corrected. Jalen Daniels was awesome. Like, there is a reason he is hyped as, as good as he is, and for all the – the Big 12 preseason player, like, that dude is awesome at quarterback. Again, Illinois had a lot of things it needs to fix, and it needs to take that. There are plays that he made that I just don't know that you're going to see a quarterback make those plays again the rest of the year. I thought last week against Toledo, I thought they kind of overthought it all offseason, like, oh, my God, Daquan Finn can run, and they really overthought their defensive front. Tonight I thought they played better on that, and then Jalen Daniels just did awesome things that really good quarterbacks do. But there are the factors that we talked about. This secondary, you, did you lose top, three top 70 draft picks? Like that's – you don't just replace those guys on, on a whim. Like that takes time. I know they've spoken confidently about that group all offseason. There's a reality that there's – I mean, that's like $100 million that you lost, right, And those guys. So you can't – people are going to have to grow into those roles. I think you're seeing those growing pains. You're seeing them at cornerback. I think Xavier Scott, I don't know how many – there's some growing pains that he's been pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, but man, it's Isaac Darkangelo looks like a big loss right now. Like there's just Calvin Avery. Calvin, Calvin Avery. Avery looks like a little bit of loss. I thought the newest tackles played a little bit better today. Like again, I think the defensive front 
was a little bit more disruptive, um, especially pressuring Daniels. Daniels can just escape those things. Gabe Ackes had a couple moments where it's like, oh, he's going to get him. And Daniels eludes him. Seth Coleman had a couple of those. Johnny Newton against any other quarterback tonight probably has four sacks. Oh, yeah. uh, what he was doing was he made himself money. I know nobody cares about it when you lose like this and your defense stinks, but Johnny Newton was really good. But Jalen Daniels is able to elude some of those. I don't think you play another quarterback quite like him. Jeff Sims is more like Daquan Finn to me. Drew Aller is more of a pocket passer. So I think this defense isn't going to face as many of those guys, but you have not passed the test these first two weeks. No, you haven't. Let's say, like, we expect Matthew Bailey in some capacity to play next week. And I don't want to make that as like the, don't worry about it, Matt. Like, there's cause for concern on what you're seeing in, in some aspects defensively. But I think just his presence, I wonder what that does rotationally, how that changes things, if it changes things. Like, we just, I feel like we should mention, like, we're probably going to see him in some capacity on Saturday against Penn State. All right, offensively, really slow start. And, what you know, Luke Altmaier ends up with a pretty good game, 202 passing yards, 70 rushing yards. That 72-yard run was pretty amazing. Uh, the way that opened up a good downfield block by Malik Elsey. I think you're encouraged by Luke Altmaier, despite two picks. Um, you know, that last one he threw up there, I, even Brett Beal said it was a little bit risky in that situation. you got to make a play, but – for Isaiah Williams, it's probably not the guy you want to throw it up for. When it's Casey Washington or Pat Bryant, you might feel a little bit better. But the other interception was Pat Bryant bobbling it and, and going into a, another defender. So I think you're encouraged there, but you got to get better pass protection. And I think Illinois is going to have to reassess its offensive line after two games because it doesn't look like Zach Chrysler is the best option at right tackle. He was a good guard last year, ups and downs, uh, but he just doesn't look that second pass rush, that counter move that the, the, the edge rushers are making. He gave up a ton of pressures last week. He gave up more pressures this week, a couple sacks, six sacks tonight. I thought Luke Altmaier had some happy feet at some times, but he was consistently feeling pressure in his face from that right side. You and I think you might have to consider putting Isaiah Adams back at right tackle and then figuring out, put Zach Chrysler back at guard and switch however you need to do because um, you are just not getting consistent protection on that right side even though run blocking tonight i thought the offensive line was good it's just when i got down so much that they really couldn't establish you know the run game and, and go to it yeah i thought the one drive they did establish the run really well early on they tried that griffin more sneak uh i probably would not expect to see that too often anymore it wasn't successful to me the offensive line and the right tackle the right side in particular is the biggest storyline of the week offensively mm -hmm. i don't i don't have I mean, I, you can pick and say, what about the wide receivers they have? I, I understand that. Right tackle is the biggest question mark going into Penn State. Like, when we're watching warm-ups next Saturday, it's who is where on the offensive line. I think – I know they want to keep that left side together uh, of Julian Pearl and I, Isaiah Adams, and there's continuity. If they didn't want to do it, they would have just moved Isaiah Adams in the in the winter and been done with it. But I think that's your best option. I, I, I know uh, Josh Geske played right tackle in the spring. There's a reason he's not there now, right? I mean, if he was that good in the spring, they would have kept Chrysler at guard. I think your best Adams to your best bet is to move Adams over there and have Geske and Chrysler or Jordan Slaughter is in that mix. Two of the three best of that group go because that right side, that last drive, Jeremy, that which was I mean, it's kind of a felt like a fake rally, right? But that last drive when you were trying to see Illinois build something, like Chrysler got he got taken to school got a few got. times. He got got on that right side. And I asked Brett Bielema about it. He said they left him on an island. I don't know why you would do that because it's not a successful recipe. I, I'd i be hard-pressed to think that doesn't 
get changed uh, going into Penn State because it's clearly not the best answer. And that's, that's not a one-game overreaction. You saw Toledo's edges that have spin moves on Zy Chrysler that I mean, just show that maybe his best, his best football is at guard. Yeah, uh, I think that's the biggest adjustment. Listen, there were some positives on that side of the ball. I, I, I thought they were able to run the ball when they really wanted to. Average five yards per carry, and that takes out all that sack yardage that Luke Altmaier had. They just – when you get behind like this, when the defense puts them in the situations – and the offense did not have a good start either, so they kind of let the defense back on the field. But this team is not built to get into shootouts. That's why we said they got to control the pace of the game. When the defense is getting gashed for 75, 82 yards, 83 yards in these long drives, and then the offense goes three and out, um, this just team is not built to do that. Like I like Luke Altmaier. I like their receive, passing game a little bit better than last year. But I thought this team was physical up front. I thought they were actually the better team, for the most part, in the trenches tonight. Uh, but you just couldn't run the ball because you got to make up all these points. So I, I, you just can't be able to do that defensively. And then uh, offensively, that that – play call the Griffin Moore was overthinking it. That was some Matt Nagy stuff. Um, the offensive line was really good that drive. And Brett, I think that was a Reggie Love drive, if I'm not mistaken. Well, and Brett Piuma said, like, after the game, we have to figure out our short yardage situations. That's Toledo. That's what you were struggling with. It feels like you're a finesse team right now in those short yardage situations. You mentioned Tommy DeVito's sneaks. Like, that was a go-to for them. Do they have a go-to? In those gotta-have-it one-yard, two-yard situations. We have not seen Luke Altmaier under center. Uh, th- that's where Josh McCray is there. Caden Fagan got one carry tonight. You got those guys. If Illinois is going to be the physical team, they got to figure out those short yardage situations. Because if you convert that, Joey, it might be a different first half. It might be a 21 to seven game or a 21 10 game at halftime. And then it feels completely different, but you're not able to convert that. And it, it felt like that took the air out of that offense until late in the half. Griffin Moore was a positive. We were wondering coming into tonight. Where we sold the bill of goods on Griffin Moore during the spring and during the offseason because they were saying he can be a receiving option. Four catches, 56 yards tonight. They got Isaiah Williams the ball late in the first half, and then he really got going. Six catches, 99 yards. I thought Reggie Love, when he got the ball, was really good. Four, five, eight carries for 45 yards. Josh McCray, when he carried it, did look good. But, um, you know, offensively, I'm not overly concerned if they can figure out the protection uh, and they can figure out the short yardage the defense feels so much farther away right now. Yeah, I want to bring up the defense. I'm one of the three people in the world who still write things down. Like, it, it wasn't, you know, we've seen Illinois be exposed with, like, just these huge, huge plays. Like, think of the third down that Daniels made to end the half. Tonight was a lot of 10, 12, 14-yard plays and, and sustaining those on drives. The first scoring drive for Kansas, you come out, you get 10 early, 10 yards early. 22, 19, you have the Ryan Mead face mask in there. The next drive, the next scoring drive, 15, 11, 13, 12. I mean, they, that's just a team imposing its will, moving down the field. I mean, just some of those passes they completed wide open, making people miss. Like, those are things we just haven't seen. And that's where my concern is. I'm more concerned about that because it's consistent. And those third downs are consistent where big plays just often aren't like a sustainable recipe. Some teams do it very well, but it's hard to sustain that. It's not hard to sustain picking up 15, 12. I mean, that's that's a problem. Like, there's a problem if you're able to do that as often as they were. And the, the plays, yards per play, 7.4. That's a ton. I mean, Illinois was 6.1, and a lot of that came late, by the way. The 72-yard run will change that number in a big way. But 
7.4 is an astronomical yard per play. Last year, we knew there was going to be regression, right? I wrote that in my quick hits. It was going to happen. You lost Ryan Walters. You lost great talent. And you're just – there's no way to go but down after being the number one scoring defense in the country. I don't think any of us expected them to be that. This looked like some Lovey Smith stuff, right, where you just aren't on the same level. Your scheme is not there. You're not all that aggressive. And – you're just fundamentally not sound. That's what's so weird about this. Uh, you know, Brett Bielma had a couple early struggle games with Ryan Walters, but since then, this has been such a physical, fundamental defense. And to have these kind of breakdowns, to miss these kind of tackles like this, to get carved up like you're not even on the same level, that's why it's concerning. And it, it really happened against Toledo, too. So it's two games in a row now. Uh, that's concerning, and, and they just have to address it and figure it out, whether it's changing some personnel or changing things schematically. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We The Xavier Scott end zone interception, says, is that the Kirby Joseph moment? But no, because Xavier Scott isn't going anywhere. Xavier Scott's not a new face. So I, I don't know, like, if it's a personnel change, where do you go? Because if you're talking the secondary, do you go to a true freshman? There's only one JUCO guy, Caleb Patterson, who tra- traveled today. Prince Ford didn't travel today. So, like, where do you go? What's the kind of the hire? Is it Sabor Kareem? Is it Jaheim Clark? Is Zach Toby? I mean, that's those are your options, right? Like, you don't have a a fifth year physically, a fifth year, fourth year guy kind of knocking on your office door saying, "Hey, what, what do we think of?" Like, that's not there right now. So, if it's personnel change, it's a younger move, right? Like, that'd be a move to a younger player. I, I don't know. I I think Xavier Scott showed that he gives that versatility. He can kick outside if you feel like you've got another nickel who can go in there. He's your best defensive back. I don't even think – like, Miles Scott had a good first game. I thought some angles he took tonight were not very good in run support. Um, but, man, I, Xavier Scott looks like by far your best defensive back. And to be honest with you, Taz Nicholson's been disappointing with you his discipline. Xavier Scott your number one corner? I, I, and I know you use that position a lot, but, like, it, it's you need two corners. Like, Tyler right. Strain's been better, but, no, I think – Xavier Scott's so good in that nickel. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think you're benching Taz Nicholson. He needs to be better. Like, Tariq Barnes needs to be better. Um, but, yeah, Xavier Scott has been by far their best defensive back. I love his competitiveness. He's made some plays on the ball. He might give up some things every once in a while. And, man, they, they had to cover for five to six seconds a lot of times tonight. Um, but he's been, he's been a bright spot of the defense so far. Very few bright spots. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, Isaac Ambrose put together some some questions for us. Most disappointing or underperforming unit of the game, Joey? Who you got? Mm, 
I go linebackers. That's what I was um, I do the linebackers to the right side of the line. I thought the linebackers, because Kansas circled them and said, go at them 100 times over, and they did. And they missed tackles, and they weren't in pass coverage. It was the linebackers. Man. Yeah, they, they attacked them. Devin Neal got loose on some of those receptions. They just, as you said, put them in conflict. But Illinois looks slow. They look slow sideline to sideline. And that might be a position you look personnel-wise to see what is our best options there. And one guy we've brought up, we haven't seen him play defense yet, but we think he's faster. We've seen him on special teams play with. I wonder if James Kurtz gets some snaps at some point just to see what he is. I don't know. Rosek has had some moments, uh, but Tariq Barnes got burned uh, on a couple of those as well. So for me, uh, it's certainly linebacker. Biggest play of the game slash momentum shift, Joey. It was the Jalen Daniels pass, a 48-yard pass. Uh, it was on first down, excuse me, at the end of that. There were 40 seconds on the clock. Like, Illinois cuts it within to get within 14. You know Kansas gets the ball back. There's 40 seconds. Like, that's all you've got to do is don't break in 40 seconds. And he hits that 48-yard pass, and that happens. And at that moment, it's just like, there's nothing. Like, this is it. This is – they're going to score. They're, they're getting a field goal out of this. That, to me, was the one because it felt like there was something building, and he just said, no, there's not. Um, most notable thing Bielema said post game. I would say that he just, right off the bat, we played it at the beginning, said we have to reassess what we do defensively, schematically. Um, because that was going to be one of our main questions, right? So I, I appreciated that Bielma actually came out and wasn't like, yeah, we're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Like, he's like, no, we have to change these things. Um, so I thought that was probably the most notable thing. And it'll be interesting to talk to Aaron Henry on Monday just to see what he says about that, about the challenge he is facing in his first two games as defense coordinator. Yeah, I 100% agree. That's all like everybody wants to be mad, and I get it. Yeah. That was a good Brett Bielema press conference. That was a real – Brett Bielema was honest. He got ahead, didn't make us wait around. And, yeah, that to me is we're going to have to see where we are. And and he could have. Like when you asked him about the parallel to 21 Virginia, he could have been like, yep, that's it. And he did. Like it was an honest, hey, no, there's different things. Almost like more – I know someone brought it up on our message boards. Like almost more like that was a change. This was supposed to be a baton, yeah. right? And, like, I think that was the concern there. But, yeah, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, it's up to, to Brett Bielma uh, to figure it out with his staff, right? I mean, you got a really experienced defensive staff around Aaron Henry. I know people bring up Jim Leonard all the time. What's he going to have input this week? All of that uh, is going to be really interesting. Um, number one thing Illinois needs to figure out for Penn State game. This is kind of big, but what are you defensively? Like, what do you want to be? I know what they want to be offensively. I just think they need to tweak the right side of the protection and be better on, on these short-yarded situations. I, I, I think offensively they're not far away. Like, I, there's some real positives of what they've done the first two games if they just clean things up a little bit. Defensively, I'm so concerned. Like, what do you want to be? I understand you're nervous with the secondary, and they don't seem to trust the secondary yet, but – be I liked when they're aggressive. I like when you're aggressive and force quarterback to make plays. Jalen Daniels make some plays. Tip your cap. If they score 28 points, whatever. But that man, that end of end of half one just continues to stick out. But for me, Aaron Henry, what do you want to be defensively? That's what they got to figure Are out. You talking? Do you want to run man? Do you want to run yes. zone? Yeah, like they, they they sat in zone a lot, and Kansas picked them apart a little bit. Um, you know, I, I deal with the man to man issues because because Miles Scott's sitting here 22 yards off the off the line of scrimmage kind of protecting everything so things don't go bad 
if he gets burned, he gets burned, I guess. But like they obviously, I don't think they trust uh, the defensive backs at that point. But I, I don't know how much man they ran to zone today. But um, man, I just, I just want to see them be aggressive. I thought that's what made Ryan Walters' defense is so good. Yeah, I'm with you. I would live with the man because you play one guy 22 yards off the ball to kind of erase anything. Yeah, I think that's it. Is is who are you defensively? We mentioned. I still think I'm, I'm the right side is the most interesting thing to me of the offensive line, but. I don't think you can point to that fairly with why you saw the defense doing whatever that was. All right, uh, last one. Three stars of the game for uh, Illinois. Who would you have? Johnny Newton. Johnny Newton's my number one. I, I, guys, he was phenomenal. Um, I, I, there was a ton of NFL scouts here. He helped himself. I think most of them left by halftime, though. Um, but he was really good. I talked to ESPN's Matt Miller, uh, and I think he probably got a pro- positive um, impression of Johnny Newton his first time seeing him. Number two, Luke Altmeyer. Yeah, go ahead and talk about Luke. Yeah, I just thought he – Luke Altmeyer showed a lot of toughness. He got cooked. Uh, he got smoked. Like, there were – he got hit really hard, and he stuck in there, and, and he made some plays, and he made that 72-yard run. He gave you a chance more times than he didn't. I did think, as you mentioned earlier, he got out. He got happy feet. Got out of it, just seemed a little uncomfortable he in took, the pocket. Yeah, like sometimes, like, listen, he had a lot of pressure tonight. That, so you're going to get probably happy. But his eyes didn't stay downfield, I thought. Like there was times like that that uh, interception Pat Bryant basically gave up. Pat Bryant was wide open two seconds earlier, and he hesitated to throw it because his eyes didn't stay downfield. He was worried about the rush. Uh, so those things, I think, can grow with time. That last pass, not that really mattered in the grand scheme of things. Um, I thought he could have gotten the ball out a little bit better at times, but yeah, he's a player. He's tough. His poise. I think we. I think he's answered those questions about how does he respond to certain situations. He's a gamer. I, I think he has shown that, and I think one of your fewest questions on this team right now is that quarterback. You feel you got a guy. What a world to yeah. say that for Illinois football and for Kansas football. Um, yeah, Chris Johnson's right on for number three. It's Griffin Moore with an honorable mention to Hugh Robertson. Yeah. I mean, seriously, Hugh Robertson was good. He's, yeah, he's, he's not a, not a question. To, yeah, the he's narrative around him probably needs to start changing a little bit. But Griffin Moore, Illinois has not gotten tight ends involved in the passing game nearly enough for the better part of five years. I mean, since I've been covering, this is my sixth year covering, and Daniel Barker with the exception there. Griffin Moore gave you a vertical threat. He made some tough catches. I wonder, and I asked Brett Bielema, it's still not really clear to me, was that like a something that they came in, like, let's get Griffin more involved, or did that kind of play out over the course of the game? But it, I think they may have found something with him and the trust with him. But I think he's pretty easily the number three to me. All right, let's get to some of your questions before we get out of here and start writing long night uh, here in Kansas. Scott asked, got to be a new right tackle next week. I like Zai, seems more comfortable at guard. Bad early schedule to acclimate to a new position. Yeah, like we addressed that. I think they got to reassess. Uh, and they've done that in previous years of, of looking at what they have on the offensive line. Now you have a two-game sample size. It's one-sixth of the way uh, through the season. And, man, you got Chop Robinson and that Penn State defense coming up with, what, three top 20 prospects in the NFL draft. Um, or one's on the offensive line. But Kalen King, corner's really good. Huge test for Barry Loney and his crew. Uh, I got a bigger questions about the other side. But – yeah, I think you got to figure out. You know, Zy Crystal missing time in camp didn't help either. Um, you know, the last few weeks, right? I mean, the last week and a half or so. Yeah, so uh, that's certainly a position they got to look at here. Uh, Andrew Daff says Luke wasn't perfect, but he counted for eighty percent of total offense tonight and all three touchdowns. And yes, some decision mistakes, but both interceptions hit his wide receivers both in the hands before landing in the defenders. Yeah, I mean, 
you expect a little growing pains. I'm not expecting Luke Altmaier to be perfect. I didn't think he had a perfect night tonight, but no, he's he's been really encouraging. Um, he's a playmaker and he's a player, and man, his legs are phenomenal. Like that Red Sea parted. Malik Elsey made a great block, but the fact that you got a quarterback that can do that, not that he's a burner, but he's a good athlete. Yeah, I, it's just very uh, – it's a strange concept to me to not worry about an Illinois quarterback situation, but I think every game you're just – remember, this is effectively like his third game, right? He, he does not have a lot of experience. I still think he continues to play beyond the experience that he has in terms of actual game reps. They got something there. There's just a lot around there that they need to figure out. Scott brings up a good point. I like kicking Adams over to tackle for the passing game, but if they don't have that elite left side to fall back on in the run game, I get a bit worried. And that's what I think kind of gets overlooked tonight. I thought they were great run blocking. You know, the one short-yarded situation I thought was more play calling than the actual offensive line. I thought the offensive line, the other four guys, actually had a pretty good night tonight, and that left side was moving people. So – that's what they got away. I, I'm not sure they move Zach Chrysler. Maybe they give it another game, whatever it is, but you got to start reassessing to figure out. Brett B almost said, who are our best five? And what is our best five? What is the combination of it? It's got to be reassessed. I, I think you have to make that move. And maybe if you want to put Zach Chrysler at left guard, if you feel like he can move people along with Julian Pearl, or you put the right side becomes your road grading with Adams at right tackle, Zach Chrysler at right guard. Look, Josh Geske's a big dude too, and he yeah. plays with a lot of power. I thought, yeah, Brett Bielema mentioning that, like we have to figure out our best five. That's fairly unprompted, and like that was a very telling thing. And I think, look, Chop Robinson coming to town probably accelerates any timeline you would hope because that's the guy who can wreck a game in the way that, not to rehash the 2018 season, but in the way that A.J. Epinesa completely – do you remember that? A.J. Epinesa eviscerated Illinois. Like Chop Robinson can do that. Like you you can't run that risk. That probably accelerates some thoughts. Uh, Joseph, why are outside linebackers so terrible, and why don't our best offensive, our best player on offense, touch the ball until two minutes left in the first half? Yeah, I mean the other teams know about Isaiah Williams, and they try not to give him the ball, but you got to get Isaiah Williams the ball earlier in the game. I thought the outside linebackers were better, and they get put themselves in position. I thought they guarded on some of those pitches a little bit better, but they just got to make the plays, uh, break down, make the play. I thought Gabe Ackes over pursued Daniels a little bit too much when. Just keep contain and push him into uh, the rest of the wash there. I just think they get some over-aggressive to try and make a play sometimes when you really just got to do your job and make sure your other teammates. And sometimes that might be trusting your teammates to make the play. Uh, Johnny Newt made a comment after the game. I asked him, like, hey, you were so good last year. What, what has changed? He said, last year's in the past. Like, we can't, we can't think about that anymore. We got to figure it out for now. And um, I don't – this defense just doesn't have – seem to have, trust each other in making the plays. And why would they? Because they're not making them right now. Yeah, and I think that goes back. You mentioned team speed earlier, and you always hear this coaching staff, think less, play fast, right? And it feels like everyone is thinking. Yes. And I think like that is – I don't think this team is fundamentally slow, right? I mean, I, I think the speed on the team, could they be faster? Sure, whatever. Kansas sure looks faster tonight. Yeah, but I think <laughs> some of that is just – compounded by the fact that they aren't mentally playing very fast. I don't know how much they're trusting where they're supposed to be. Like, I think that to me is the issue rather than physically. Are you physically fast enough? Uh, Steven, I worry Penn state will put seven touchdowns uh, and end the 2023 season next week. Listen, Penn state most likely will win because they're the more talented team and their defense is really, really good. And Illinois defense has so many issues right now. The one thing I would say is the offense for Penn State 
it's a little bit more traditional than what we see with the two offenses we've seen here. Um, so maybe that'll help Illinois if you have more of a pocket passer in Drew Aller. But Pepe was asked after the game, if you play like this the first half again next week, what will happen? He said, probably not a good result. It's pretty clear. You can't play like you did in the first half again and expect to compete uh, with a team like Penn State. Oh, no, you cannot. That like also, what does in the 2023 season mean? You still there's still wins sitting out there. I mean, I get it. Like there are things that you see in these first two games that are like, yikes. But you know, just, still wins sitting out there. I don't yeah. think the season ends if Penn State scores a lot of points. Yeah, and I mean, this was always on the table. This is a tough start to the season. They're turning the lights off on us, by the way, here at uh, Kansas as we approach midnight here. Um, but yeah, this is always going to be a tough start to the season. How, how do you rebound from it? What do they look like against Penn State? I think you're just looking for more competitiveness from your defense and more consistency from your offense. Clean up some of those mistakes. But yeah, that's the toughest opponent on your schedule. I think Kansas is a dynamic offense. Kudos to Lance Leipold, man. Um there was a reason I talked about him a lot when Illinois was searching. They run great stuff. They run really great stuff offensively. Um, I think it's Andy Kodlanecki is their offense coordinator. Uh, it's just fun stuff. It reminds me of like West Virginia he's back in the day. Calls. He'll get some calls in the offseason. He's a good offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think that's going to about do it. Do we have anything else we need to get to here? I mean, people really upset. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, Def, more 21 and 22 personnel, McCray and Love. Um, man, you get, the problem with – you can't really deploy your option of Josh McCray when you're down 30 points or down 20 points, right? Like he's a closer. He's a guy that wears down defenses. Uh, I actually was pretty encouraged by what I saw from those two guys tonight. Reggie Love's just really solid. He made one block. I got excited about a pass block by Reggie Love. You made the whole press box watch. <laughs> like, look at that block. Um, no, I was I was really encouraged uh, by him, but you just can't use those weapons when you're down 20 points on the road. No, I also thought, and we talked a lot about the expanded running back rotation, I thought it was notable that on the road, when you're trying to do something, you bring in Caden Fagan. I mean, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means anything, but you did it. Uh, speaking of running backs, Anthony, I'd love to see Aiden Lawfrey. Are you surprised we haven't seen Aiden Lawfrey yet? Yeah. I mean, we, we thought a year ago before he got hurt because of his speed, which is elite speed. Like we thought a year ago, he was a guy who would be a candidate to play as a true freshman. Continue to hear his name. I'm just surprised you've not seen him back there. I don't, I don't know. Um, Adam, do you think there's a buy-in or locker room problem? Something seems generally off here. I don't – it's too early for that. Like, losing stinks, but this team lost at Indiana last year and they bounced back. Um, they lost – they got clobbered by Virginia two years ago on the road. They figured out a way to bounce back and be competitive the rest of the year. Um, so, I, I, it's way too – I know everyone's looking for answers. I think they got to be better schematically and the players got to be uh, better on the field, and that's on the coaches to figure out. Dan, how does one improve as a coordinator game to game? I think you figure out exactly what we talked about. You figure out who you are in key moments. And and defensively, I think you figure out what you want to be, especially in the secondary with a lot of new faces. I think that's you kind of get a feel for the play calling a little bit more. You, you know what you want to do offensively. I think that would be figure out who you are in the short yardage situations that when you don't have Tommy DeVito to sneak through that offensive line. Like those are the things. I think it's more – I mean, I don't think you learn, like, not a book you can read a chapter every week. I think it's a feel for 
what works with the personnel that you have and that you're tapping into. And like, I think that's where you're, you'll see some of those improvements from those guys. Uh, hey, Dom, how you doing, man? Uh, I love Johnny Newton, but he's no Warren Sapper and Tavakin Sue. Is that right? Has anyone said he's that? Bull no, take, no. take Dom. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Newton's a phenomenal college football player, and he was a phenomenal college football player tonight. Uh, Warren Sapp is a pro football Hall of Famer, and Dominican Sue is a number two pick in the draft and one of the better D tackles of the last the decade and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one's, is, is anyone projecting that? Like, did, I don't know how anybody could watch tonight. See Johnny Newton wreck Like, how many pressures do you think PFS is going to credit for him? Eight plus. It's going to be eight plus tonight. And a couple of missed tackles. Uh, and he had two sacks. And listen, Johnny Newton cannot be expected to chase down and tackle Jalen Daniels every time in the open field, but he did it twice, which I thought was really impressive for a man his size. He was phenomenal tonight. So don't don't be looking at this and be like, oh, he's not Warren Sapp. Neither were 99.99999% of the defensive tackles. Johnny was awesome. Oh, goodness. There's a lot of space, believe it or not, in the <laughs> defensive tackle play world between Warren Sapp and Indomitian Sue. And like a run-of-the-mill average Big Ten starter, you can still be really good and not be those guys and not be a constant 50 to 60 on PFF every week. Yeah. All right, uh, that'll do for us. I, I'm really interested to talk to Aaron Henry uh, on Monday, see what he has to say. Uh, but certainly they have some big adjustments to make. This is a wake-up call. This is a big wake-up call, I think, for this entire team. I think Tariq Barnes basically said that. Uh, this got our attention, and it should. Um, Johnny Newton said, you know, this is this we need to forget about last year. This is a different team. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how those guys bounce back. And I think if the offense can clean up a couple things, but the defense has to give them a chance at the very least. And the offense has to start uh better than it has in these first halves. Um, but we'll see how they bounce back. But it's hard to do it against uh probably the best team on paper you got all year next week. Yeah, I agree. And now that got me thinking, I don't know why. Illinois lost to toss. The first two games. Yeah. If they win, like given what we've seen in these first two games, I think I think Bielema is going to elect to defer. Yeah. But I just think like if you can get a defense out there and get them that stop and kind of get that offense like that juice of that, I think that would do something. I don't know how that's going to happen against Penn State, but I don't know. I think I'm just curious by that if there's anything that he would do to maybe try to kickstart some of those starts. Everyone's bringing up Jim Leonard. Listen, he is a he's a resource for everybody. Um, I think he's going to be interesting. To, I, we don't know how big of an impact he makes every day, but he's a resource. Um, listen, I, I don't know. I don't think Brett's going to have Jim Leonard hold hands with Aaron Henry this entire time, but he is somebody that Aaron can sit down with and say, what do you see? What do you see at home that I'm not doing and all of these things? But Brett Bielema is too. Brett Bielema is the head coach of this football team. He hired a young, unproven defensive coordinator. He has to be the guy that helps him. He helped Ryan Walters with all this stuff, too. He's got to do the same thing again. He's had so much success with picking and developing defensive coordinators. I'm interested to see how this goes for the next several games, right? Yeah, I'm right there. I don't think Jim Leonard is the golden parachute to success. I mean, like, I, that's a tough message if – I, no, I, I just don't think that's it. Like that—that's not what Jim Leonard came to Illinois. Jim did, Leonard didn't come to Illinois to be the defensive coordinator on, on October first. I mean, that's not what this gig was. I think his voice can matter. I mean, I don't think anyone's saying like, "Oh, he just sits by himself in an office and grinds through film." Like his voice matters. His input matters. He's a very, very smart guy. But 
I think we have to understand what his role is. And his role isn't to be the shadow defensive coordinator. His role is to be a resource for everybody and to learn from the head coach to go be a head coach. Uh, Chase, we'll end with this question. Over under seven and a half wins after seeing the first two weeks. Of course you go under because the defense. I thought the defense would be good. They're not. Uh, but I would say I predicted only to start one and two and then go eight and four. So here's what you got going for you. You play in the Big Ten West. There's, a, there's not a ton of great teams there, but you got to clean things up. You really got to clean things up. I, there's not another quarterback you're going to play that is like Jalen Daniels. You're going to see some like Daquan Finn, though. Uh, and you got to continue to clean up some of those things offensively. But there's a lot of wins, winnable games left on the schedule. Uh, you just got to correct these things, and that's where the coaching comes in. Yeah, and look, I mean, Illinois still has Indiana, Northwestern, Florida, Atlantic. You would think they are better than those three teams. That puts you at four in Big Ten West time. That's what it is. And, Dan, I know you didn't mean to say to replace them, but that's been a, quite the narrative um, circling around the Illinois Twitter sphere and – conversation sphere i guess i know just uh it's not a very good yeah. defensive start here listen yeah i don't think aaron henry you know had a good bowl game but the first two games uh is the defense corner certainly is not all that encouraging uh so they got to figure this thing out all right that'll do it for joey wagner and i appreciate all you guys for joining the Atlanta inquire after dark here late in lawrence I head back to kansas city right a little bit get back on the road get back to champagne uh, tomorrow. But thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Appreciate you guys live on the YouTube. Hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. We'll do this after every game to hang out with you guys uh, and see what they do next week against Penn State. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you guys and check out Illini Enquirer uh, later tomorrow uh, to check out all our content from this game. Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.